0: Namo tasa bhagavato rahato sama sambhutasa namo tasa bhagavato rahato sama sambhutasa namo tasa bhagavato rahato sama sambhutasa udang dhammang sangkang namasami. just to bear in mind that the Buddha, when he gave his teachings, they called him Dhamma Vinaya, was the term he used to, to cover, to express what he was trying to bring into the world. So the word Buddhism is really a Western concoction. The kind of People went to the East, they found various cultures where they seemed to revere the Buddha, so they said, oh, they re- revere the Buddha, so they must, they must be Buddhist. <laughs> like Christians revere Christ, so they're Christians, so people who revere Buddha must be Buddhists. Therefore, they have a thing called Buddhism. Mm. But actually, in, in Asia, they, they, they refer mostly to teachings as Dhamma Vinaya, so the culture, which is called Sasana which means the whole kind of culture, the culture of awakening, Yeah the buddha mostly when he was asked uh, it's called dhamma vinaya and it wasn't even specifically buddha's idea it was something that all of the all of the wanderers in the age in india people would ask them what's your dhamma what's your vinaya what's your what's your thing and the buddha had his own dhamma vinaya and vinaya dhamma really means the kind of the way or it points to a sense of uh, kind of like a, a law or a cosmic law, or a sense of order or a sense of balance, where things are in harmony, um, when there's the uh, proper balance. In other words, the what sometimes called we use the word dukkha or suffering, it really means something like imbalance. Things are out of kilter. Things aren't proper. Therefore, so there's stress and suffering and and obscurity and corruption going on. So, when things are properly in balance and it's a sense of truth. We call it truth, peace, harmony, stability, and this is Dhamma. Vinaya refers primarily to the kind of behaviours or the, the body and speech behaviours that we, we try to, to work upon in order to keep referring back to this quality of balance, this quality of Dhamma, of peace, of liberation, of freedom. And it's it's so and it's the kind of thing that that is really essential to get a a feeling for um as you know you can't you know sit in meditation on your own all the time so Vinaya covers talking to people um the way we act, the way we see our lives, what we want to have and hold, how we gain things, how we share things, how we uh, um, interact you know so it's all that sort of stuff and um, so so that all the summoners had their vineya, which is basically be harmlessness celibacy and renunciation would be the basic standards you know if you're a if you're a summoner or a, we call them monks or nuns but really the proper term is a gone forth person the basic standard would be your vineyard was always something you're not. Harming or abusing anyone through body or speech. And you're living simply, you're you're living very simply, on, on and often um, celibate, generally celibate. The kind of things that when somebody says, you know, he's a monk or a nun, the automatic assumptions you have, they don't drink, they don't steal, they don't lie, and they're celibate. And there's kind of something you already have a feeling for. That's what a religious person is, that's their vineyard. And so this is the kind of spirit of it, really. And the Buddha. So, the, so everybody's, that was a kind of basic feeling for it. And um, but of course, this is very relevant for everyone because it all. Everyone. You know, we have these kind of possibilities. One of them is we can just kind of let the mind completely empty. You know, or we can try to get the mind to empty anyway, kind of work on that, this emptying out and feeling the sense of of an undifferentiated uh, peacefulness, which is certainly a wonderful possibility. Then we have to kind of get up and start working in the realm of differentiation, of distinction of me and you, and time and place, and things that need to be done and how they've got to be done. And then you want something there to... to Guide with that, so that's the spirit of what Vinaya is about. It's relevant for everyone, you know? you know. So it's not actually, though. Sometimes we we understand it to be the the rules, the rules of the summer life, but actually it's not. Um, the rules of the summer life are there to support the Vinaya. Sometimes it's Buddha. He didn't lay down the rules in the first 20 years or so. He said everybody's got everybody's on track. Everybody's with it. We don't want to create rules unless we really need them. Having a rule is really a bad sign because it means you, you know you need something there because you've lost the plot. So you've got to have some kind of law to keep prodding you back into into it. It's, it's a bad sign of decline to have rules. <laughs> Nothing to be proud of. So said, so we don't need them. You know everybody understands the veneer already they you know, got it and then somebody lost it so ok we have to have a rule to stop people losing it so gradually over time you build up these rules but the rules are not the vineyard the rules are there to support it because we do get confused you know, obligations and uh, what we think we should do or what we think is helpful or we get irritated or we get uh, minds get short sighted on terms of the the aim you know, what's possible so, so you know you, then you gradually build up build up the system of, of training rules and I think one of the things we can we're studying all this in this particular season that's why I'm bringing it to mind this is our season for looking at these many of these training rules and certainly for the for the bhikkhus, particularly, very, some of these rules are very archaic. You know, like we're not allowed to travel on a ferry with a bhikkhuni, which has never really been a major thing I need reminding about, you know. Or have a needle case made of ivory. I, I mean, I'm, I, can, I can go with that, I'm fine with that. Don't need any problem with that. Reviewing. Um, Armies, we shouldn't go and review armies. I don't never reviewed an army, even as a layperson, never really wanted to. Um, so the thing is you think, well, what's the point of all this stuff, you know? Um, and then, then, you know, we can get people can often do commentaries on vineyard, which are going to be excruciating detours about the kind of needle case one can have. It's actually not an issue. I don't even have a needle case. I don't feel deprived by that either. So very often when we study it, we actually look at what what's the basic principle is being pointed to here. and It means something like, well, when you have a requisite, like a needle case, try not to have a flash one. Not, try not to look for the best, super quality, you know, top of the range thing. Look for something that's modest that nobody else would really want to steal or notice, just average stuff. Oh yeah, no, I got it. Well, that makes sense, you know. You know, things like that. So suddenly you know the thing you have to translate it a lot of it. And that becomes very helpful because because many of the rules specifically are not actually that relevant, in order to get the real meaning and value out of it, then you've got to look at the the underlying principles. And then it becomes very helpful because you can distill out um, these principles. Then then have a very broad significance. You know, look for the average stuff. when you. So there's whole lots of rules about the kind of robes you can have, the kind of cloth you can have, you know, and, the, and specific sort of fancy robes you could maybe get hold of and how you can't have the best quality ones. And you just have to accept the cloth that's offered rather than look for particularly superb kinds of cloth. Well, again, it's never really been a big issue. Yeah. But you can start to get to things around um, lodgings or, or gadgets. You know, you want to, somebody's got some fancy little widget gadget in the mobile phone. it goes, you you press this button, these lights come. And you think, wow, fantastic, you know. You okay. <laughs> You don't really need it. Can, it's so impressive. So you, you kind of keep reminding yourself, you know, what's the purpose of this thing? What do you want it for? And what does it look like when you pull one of these out of your bag and it's kind of flashy thing? You know, you'll go. It looks like it's worth stealing, or you're you're a uh, property tycoon or something, or you're a businessman. So you keep regarding things in this way, and certainly for the someone alive, it's helpful when you've got things that keep generating this spirit of, of discernment, or panya, which is, the, which is basically one of the ma- main tools we use in meditation and in guiding ourselves. You know, what's this for? What's the purpose of it? How does it affect other people? What's your relationship with this, with anything? You know, are you holding it because it's got some kind of erotic charm? You know, you've got the flashiest widget on the block. Or is it is it there for a purpose that you could happily think, I could let go of this, I could give it away. I could be without it and that would be fine. And it's a kind of thing that certainly I like to look at in my own life and in my own requisites because, you know, I've got quite a lot of stuff. And I always like to think I could just, you know, put what I needed in a, it in a, bags and just carry it walk out with what I needed that would be it you know enough I could actually put on my back maybe in my hands and then walk out and the rest of it just you know it was just there to perform a function there for a because I'm you know supervised part of well one of the supervisors of the monastery so I have to have all this stuff and it keeps you coming back to keeping your own mind tidy you know, so it's not cluttered with uh, envy, covetousness, wanting things. You know. And this is a really, I think, this is really helpful for everyone. You know, renunciation is not purely a, a monastic issue. I think for everyone, you know, you've got to look at the way that the world presents so much. Um, greed possibly, tantalizing possibilities things you could have or need or should have or everybody else has got so you want to make sure you've got the same or you're, you know and to be able to kind of cut that away as to what do you really need and what's it for and can you let go of it you know Mm. because these possessions that we have can possess us, I remember when I was in New Zealand on a on a this uh, on a boat trip, and the instructor in the boat was saying to the people, "Look, you know, if your camera goes overboard, don't jump in after it. Just let it go, because <laughs> you know, we get so hooked on this stuff, you know." <laughs> and uh, so, it's really helpful you know, in this sense of discernment banya. what's it for what's the point of it and because this banya the discernment really builds up to as a as something that's continually there in your mind and as you as it becomes clearer you you're using it as as a main Tool for what I'm doing now is this conducive to liberation, to harmony, to well-being, to kindness? Is it is it conducive to lessening stress in myself or in others, or is it conducive to supporting you know um, negativity or um, ill will or anxiety or demand or whatever? in myself and in others, so you just keep looking at that and uh, using that Banya faculty, the discernment faculty to to really see what's important. But when you're training in Vinaya, you you get to use that so regularly, continually, that you're always, in a way, there's always a question going on. Bring the food, has the food been offered? Are you sure it's offered to the, is it for the monks, is it for the nuns, is it for everyone? Is there enough for the lay people? You know, that kind of, we're always, always this question is running in the mind. And if something, requisites come in, then, at least in my mind, I think, okay, this is for the sangha, do the nuns have some? Do the monks have some? You know, am I taking more than my fair share? That kind of, rather than, oh, that's fine, I want some. But, you know, you continually question um, that, 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 that because you're really recognising that in your life you want to generate as many win-win possibilities yeah. and, the, and the, the win-win when everybody wins are things like generosity, everybody wins with that um, kindness everyone wins with that yeah uh, yeah Harmlessness, everyone wins with that. Yeah. Truthfulness, everyone wins with that. Yeah. And uh, so that you, you, you're generating these very important um, values in specific situations. Yeah. And that's really what Vinaya does. It keeps this, these, these um, topics present in your mind in terms of what you're doing. Mm. so one of the primary values that is immediately of relevance that that any Vinaya will will engender is a sense of conscience and concern when we come into this world of differences of me and you and time and place then there's a the sense in which there's cause and effect, or karma. Cause and effect. Everything I do has an effect. I can't... whatever, I can't not have... It can't, I can't make it not have an effect. <laughs> you know? That's the way it is. It's, if it's a manifestation, it has an effect. Yeah. So what I bring into manifestation, through action and through speech, has an effect. Has an effect on my own body and mind. You know, if I, if I talk in negative or harmful or ways, my mind gets sour, or it's coming from a sour place, it affects other people. You know? So, well, cause and effect. So you get a sense of this conscience and concern because you don't want to stain your own heart with... with um, you know, unconscious habits, reflexes, uh, you know, ill will or, or, or greed or passions, and you don't want to mess up anybody else with it. Because then it's, oh, everybody's going to lose, aren't they? You know? Everybody's going to lose because the more we put that into the environment, it's like a pollution. Everybody starts to breathe it in, and if we develop these unskillful speech or actions, everybody picks them up and you live in a toxic situation and you end up, that's where you live. This is the story of humanity, isn't it? Human weakness. So, I was just alluding today, I think, you know, having a kind of informal discussion to, to just chat This morning, and talking about this, the the what they call the Salem witch hunt, witch trials, where there's this rumour going around about some people being witches, women being witches. So there's this enormous kind of gossip thing, and and uh, you know, no matter what they did, they couldn't they couldn't declare themselves innocent because because they're witches, nobody believed (laughs) them, but they weren't witches. You know and this thing I I don't exactly you know it was a play by Arthur Miller was using it to to illustrate this thing called McCarthyism which happened in the States with this big communist scare he's a communist because he's a communist you can't believe what he says he says he's not a communist but you can't believe him because he's a you know how do you know he's a communist because he he looks like a communist or he walks like a communist or somebody heard he said heard him think a communist thought you know and it is this sense of this you know web of of misunderstanding perception misperception bias and fear builds up and people end up suffering because of it and you know these are very real things and the witch hunts you know i mean there must have been about I don't know, three or four million women burnt, burnt alive, in Europe, over a few hundred years. Burnt alive. You know, over gossip and malice, and people saying things they suspected, and uh, no, no would actually tell the truth. You know, and you know that's how it happens, isn't it? how we, um, you know, start to victimise some group, you know, based on their colour of their skin, or their nationality, or their gender, you know, and it shifts, now it's Muslims, you know, then we had Jews, occasionally it's gypsies, <laughs> then we have immigrants, then, you know, who next? And it goes on, It's we start saying them, you know, and of course everybody, every human being has his skillful and unskillful actions. Every human being is happy, also is angry, you know, tends to have defilements. You say, Well he did that and he did that and he did that. True. But he also <laughs> you just pick up the negative pieces, stick them together, and that becomes a person. Then you say, Oh well, because he's got, you know, You know, black hair and a strange accent. Everyone with black hair and strange accents does the same thing. It's them, you know. And how you, you, how you, you can, you know, Jews or Gypsies or who do you want to pick on? Turks? Why not? (laughs) Australians? (laughs) You know. And so it goes. And uh, the sense of you know, conscious is concerned for just how the mind can do this, how it has always done this. Over centuries it's done this. And the amount of of, of pain and misery and it's caused through that. So it's a sense of just be cautious. And then the plenty plain of discernment, say, well, let's look specifically at truthfully. He did this on Thursday morning. Okay one event, you know, <laughs> rather than always or never, you know. <laughs> so you, you get that that training in your mind. Because, of course, we all do things that are, you know, matters of opinion, some of it, yeah. you know, matters of heedlessness. But you really look at that, that... Habit, which is no, no discrimination, no discernment, no differentiation with blanket statements, blanket judgments around things. Mm-hmm. Conscience and concern and discernment and truthfulness. Mm-hmm. These are really important values for all of us and the Vinaya kind of gives, or Vinaya is a way of really checking all of the speech, all of the actions in, in that light. You mentioned renunciation. It's really just the question of always measuring your needs against your desires. Against what's one, what one could have or should have or feel like ought to have or may have or would be nice to have against what really, you know, you need and uh, and the interesting thing is that one one thing I find if I do that you know, desire for focus on that just gets larger and more elements in it I could go here, I could go there I want fun of those. that would be rather nice I heard somebody else did that that would be interesting, you know you just, boom, bigger. If I go down to needs, it gets smaller and smaller. And you know, I get down to well, I need uh, some food. Need some shelter. Or I need some blankets to keep warm. Something to keep warm with. Mm. What else do I need? You know, it gets. You know, something to support the body. Medicines. And you get down to these what are called the four requisites. However you want to translate that in your own life, that's basically it, isn't it? What do you really need? The rest of it, you know, you start to see when you do something, when you pick up something, when you pick up an action, take on a job, do something other, then you're going to have to have needs to support that. So it helps gradually when you look at these principles, they start to shape your life. Who are you going to? Who are you going to be with? Who you want to take on as friends? Who you want to associate with? You associate with people who you feel are honest and uh, are trustworthy. Who don't just you know don't um, betray your confidence. Who. Uh, can look after you when you're, when you're going off the rails rather than push you down, actually help to bring you back up again when you're losing it, when you're going astray. It can help you with that. Someone you can call on will help you to endure or to bear things. So it really helps us to start to look at our lives in terms of you know, these, these values, and how you build them up. So things like uh, a vignette around friendship you know, isn't, is someone fun. <laughs> I mean, that may be the case, or entertaining or fun, but uh, the Buddha defined friendship as someone who uh, gives what's hard to give. You know, they make the effort to give something to themselves for your welfare. They do what's hard to do you know, they put themselves out, they bear with what's difficult to bear with. These are people you've got some got some strength, you know, you can rely upon. They're not just fine-weather friends. People who reveal their intimacy with you, so they're opening themselves to you. So you really get a sense of so this is someone who is making my life more valuable because I'm looking, getting some some understanding of how another person really operates. And I, I'd like to know that. I'd like to feel also the sense of trust from another person. That really makes it worthwhile being with people. You know? And also, so we're not just billiard balls, kind of ricocheting around and, you know, hello, yeah, bye, yeah. You, know, you know, It's something that, that gives you a sense of, there's some substance here. Someone who doesn't betray my confidences... What I say to them, they don't blab it everywhere with a few strange additions to it. And someone who, um, you know, when I make a mistake, tries to help me come back again. When I completely fail altogether, they don't they don't give up on me. You know, so when I blow my top, lose my temper. Get annoyed, have a bad day. Someone who says, "Well, okay, he's just having a bad day." You know, don't give up, and uh, why, why ask you, you know, what the problem is, what's causing it. You know, so they always, someone who can always see the, the basic um, goodness in human beings, and also have some sympathy for the kind of stress and suffering, and the the the, the way we get confused. You know, so this is really a good friend, and that's a that's a that's a that's a principle of vinya. Can you, and if you can't have a good friend, can you be a good friend? Because that's a win-win situation. You know, if I know those values, then you know whether I'm much fun or not, or how many friends. Or at least I can do it. I can do those things, and I can feel. The, the qualities of those in my own mind I can feel a sense of strength or clarity or something that's actually some beauty, human beauty in that. And it it, it gives me some dignity, some value from living my life with that, from that place with some nobility of purpose. Whether anybody else appreciates it or not really. And so, see, that's the kind of, you know, Win win friendship in that, um, you know, rather than, you know, people you've got to entertain or uh, gossip with in order to retain their company, why bother? You know. So we, we get a, you know, a sense of some of these uh, values conscious and concern truthfulness self value valuing others respect mutual respect simplicity of needs you yeah. and uh, these really you know act as path factors in other words these are the kind of of um, Conditions, conditioned realities, or mental programs, or patterns, psychological patterns, that as you develop those, then they don't provide room for the hindrances. They don't provide room for covetousness, for um, soundness, for bitterness, for negativity, to sullenness, for lust, you know, passion. They don't provide ground for those. So it means you, your meditation becomes very clear. You know. You actually you come from your daily life and you come and sit down, you don't have a whole lot of stuff to have to trawl through to clear out. You can just kind of come into the into your meditation theme and you haven't created the kind of karma. You know, and that's really, really helpful. So much so that, uh, certainly in ancient Charles monasteries, the vineyard training you was know, carried on to a very fine degree, down to ways you handle your bowl, the particular um, ways you you um, you know you address other other monks or nuns, um, the sense of uh, how you even set up things for the meal, you have a particular place where you put your kettle, your water kettle and your bowl and your little spittoon, all quite... for a sense of clarity and discernment, you know, so that your mind is never kind of casual or, oh, well, put it down, you but know, it doesn't really matter, whatever, you know, blurred. You're actually fully focused on what you're doing. So that the aim of that was that meant that all the time the meditation factors of mindfulness, comprehension, clear comprehension or full awareness... Uh, modesty of needs, a sense of community, you know, a sense of mutuality, and you, you make sure everybody, will have, everybody there's got set up properly. Things are okay. Things are shared out. Um, those are running all the time. You know? So sometimes, the, you know, that would be the practice. And if we said so we don't, you don't seem to meditate very much. You know, maybe they'd sit in the evening or you know, for a few hours, two or three hours. When's the retreat going to happen? Well, this is the retreat. (laughs) When's the meditation going to happen? It's happening. (laughs) Just we're doing it, you know, we're living it. We're living it. And the more you, one can, you know, check out these things whether you're living in harmony with others you whether know, uh, even when you're feeling some antipathy or, or misunderstandings you notice that certainly in, in the uh, training of the traditional training it's quite uh, it's quite noticeable how you know somebody some monk would, would have seemingly done something pretty scandalous and they'd still say, oh, your reverence, could we draw your attention to this? <laughs> you know, they'd still kind of treat the person with respect. And uh, they'd bring him before the Buddha, and the Buddha would first all, he'd ask, uh, is it true that you, this is what you've done? He'd never actually he never actually state it. He'd always say, is it true? He'd ask the person themselves. In other words, it always, if a person seems to really gone astray, the first thing that you look for is, this person has as a human being, they have honesty, they have truthfulness, they have value. So you refer to that and ask that quality to actually speak the truth. It's really quite wonderful. you know, And you never... You can never, in a, in a trainee, you can never um, pass any verdict on someone except that they themselves say that it's true. You know, they have to first of all admit it, say, well, this is true. Even if you have all the evidence, you still have to say, well, look, he says this, we've seen this, this is what's happened. What do you say? Until the person says, well, okay, it's true. You know. so it's intrinsically compassionate because it's always trying to ask (coughs) you know the person's honesty and truthfulness to speak because in the end you know that's really what the Buddha was trying to do no matter how confused one gets no matter how off the track one gets to never actually Make that quality, that disturbance, that confusion, to make that some truth about the person. You would say the basic truth of the person is they have clarity, they have wisdom, they have compassion. That's their basic truth. Keep speaking to that until the person actually acknowledges where their confusion has occurred. One of the is a very interesting system. you know, a very, very, uh, moving way of looking at it, because how many people do we create in our minds as, you know, he is deluded, or he's, she's a gossip, or, you know, he's lazy, or, you know, she's malicious, or he's greedy, or this, that, and the other, you know, these kind of little images get left there. And uh, I don't want to live personally with that inner scenarios. I like to live with a scenario in my mind of there are beings who, def- who definitely get um, a subject to afflictions and lose it. But basically, I'm living with uh, human beings who are worthy of training, who, are, who can see truth, who can speak truth. If I live then with that, if I start to sense that in others, then it it starts to draw from me my own truth. If I'm starting to point the finger at other people, could I also point it this way? Am I really truthful to myself? Am I really, you know, how how much of it, how much stuff am I picking up? So it makes it very useful um, to to have this these training forms because they do encourage us to inquire and to to begin to see the difference between um, behaviour and some you know self. See, behaviour is skillful, unskillful, has damaging effects, has non-damaging effects, even if it has. Difficult behavior, damaging effects, still all we can say is that was difficult behavior, had damaging effects. <laughs> it's not a person. That means that every day you've got the chance to let that go, start again. A, a behavior is not a person. A behavior is a temporary thing, a changing thing, a conditioned thing. It's not some ultimate truth of a person. Every day you're trying to keep looking like that. Bear that in mind, you know, when you, all of us have to, you know, we interact, we have jobs, we have neighbours and so forth, who come up and you often meet each other in places where it's that same, you know, stupid piece of behaviour going on. You know, all that same quarrelsomeness or that same ignorance, or that same lack of sensitivity or receptivity. And yet the practice every day is think, That's not who he is. That's what's happening to him. That's not who he is. That's what's what's coming through him. That's what he's being affected by. Whether I can do anything about it or not, that's another thing, but at least I won't take that into my mind as as a self, as an entity. And I'll try to keep referring to the possibility of friendliness or generosity peacefulness in other beings keep talking to them as if they know that however much the behavior seem to <laughs> seem to uh, um, you know point the other way you keep pointing past that you know? You know? Mm. and uh, and the more because the more you put energy into that the more you're drawing that out from other person other people and the more that they're they begin to have a chance to see uh, what they're doing. This is the way we help each other. Mm -hmm. In the end, I don't know really where anybody else is at. You know, sometimes people's behavior irritates me or disappoints me. Is that because of my biases? My limitations, or is it something really wrong with them? Have I really understood it? Are they out of line, or is it my mind seeing things the wrong way? I don't know. I don't. In the end, I don't have to know. All I can know is, you know, this stress, there's suffering, confusions, and keep reaching beyond that. lifting up that which is good in each other by seeing the good in each other by referring to the good in the other by talking to the good in the other from the good in oneself and then we just let the mud sink away until the clear water becomes more apparent it's that way I mean we could get together and we could say well I don't like the way you do that, and, and you say, well, it's just your opinion. You no, know, well, no. No, but, I, you know, but, no, I think it's not fair. Well, it depends which way you look at it. You, know, you can kind of hash out whose behaviour is correct, and is it just because I'm short-sighted or narrow-minded, or is it because, you know, I don't like your energies, your energies don't, don't fit me very well, or I don't like your sense of humour, or you don't like my sense of humour, or whatever. Or we could we could actually just notice that, as you know, whatever's happening to us, and we keep aiming past that to the good in each other, the possibility for liberation, the urge that we have for for peace and harmony and trust and friendship. You keep aiming for that, and it makes it very simple, and it kind of keeps putting the responsibility back to each one of us. For from from so many years, you know, I've had this continual reminder from many people of being a good person. <laughs> you know, every day when it's offered something, every day when it's referred to as, you know, venerable or Ajahn or something like that, you know, really somebody's kind of making that gesture of, we believe in you <laughs> as having some value you know? and at times I've felt this has been a, a gross overestimation <laughs> but, uh, you know, of course you don't, if you take it seriously, it's really you are <laughs> I'm worthy of all this. <laughs> maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. But that isn't quite the point. The point is that, that it's like recognizing a situation where everyone is reminding you, you know, that you have that you have the potential for the good, for the bright, for the truthful. You know? And when that, even that potential is even alluded to, then there's a sense of of uh, friendship and harmony and warmth Why't just try to see what's what's preventing me from being that you know? what's, what's making me crabby or, or negative or you know whatever and you know, do, I, do I need to be doing this pro do I need to be doing this anymore? <laughs> it's just like that. And so that, that's the kind of context of, of, of a, that's really helpful for liberation. You know? It's a context that means that the whole world, like your requisites, are saying you can be the bright, the good, there's friendship. You know, everything I have has been given to me. Some of these things have been specifically made for me. Other people have got together and made me a robe. Somebody's gone out and bought me a pair of socks, you know. Um, Somebody's actually kind of measured me up and wanted to make me a a little jacket, you know. And uh, so when you look at your requisites, you think, this is someone's faith. This is someone's patient effort, you know. This is someone's generosity and aspiration. You know, and you think you know, to you know, live in such a situation keeps reminding you of the of the brightness, the faith, the goodness that we can all touch into you know maybe it's only for a period of time but that we can do it at all and that we can somehow engender that in each other you know we can engender the miserable the grouchy, the fed up the (laughs) the, no problem (laughs) or we could engender the bright, the true, the beautiful and you know which kind of process is going to support your liberation easy question (laughs) I hope. (laughs) So that's really what Vinya is about. It's that which supports us uh, to get our verbal action, our physical action, our relationships, our physical requisites to back up the movement or this uh, release into freedom. He will. Mm -hmm.